0: Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last only worked one hour and you have made them equal to us. When we have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing to you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Blessed be the reading of the Lord's word. So I want you to imagine...
1: That you are very poor. That for whatever reason, you have struggled to find work. Maybe you're new to this country. Maybe you've spent a lot of money trying to be in this country and stay in this country legally or maybe even illegally. Or maybe you have just fallen on hard times and you're trying to get back on your feet. And you are struggling to find work, you're struggling to make ends meet, you have exhausted all of your resources and all of your connections and all of your government, whatever. And so you're down at Home Depot, offering yourself as a day laborer, hoping that some poor schmuck trying to retile his bathroom on his own hires you to come help <laughs> for the day. If you're lucky, you get, the, you get a whole day's wage. Just enough. Not more, not less, but just enough to survive that day. To have the things you need to make it through that day. And then 6 o'clock in the morning, you go back the next day Try again. Some days you get hired, some days you don't. Some days you make it. Some days you wonder what you're going to do. You count on the soup kitchen or you count on something. Or you go hungry. Or your family goes hungry. You choose between medicine and food. Or you choose between shoes and a place to live. You make these choices day in and day out. And you stand there with 50 other guys chatting, handing one cigarette around. (laughs) Trying to make it, hoping that a truck will come by and gather you all up. Take you somewhere so that you can provide for yourself and provide for your family. Finally, someone does. Someone comes down. and says, "I need five guys." And you know, like like baseball when you were a kid, you stand there hoping to get picked. One, two, three, four, five. You get picked. whoo Hallelujah! And he he's got a he's got uh, he needs you down at the field to harvest the the corn or whatever you got going on. Grapes grapes are coming on big so you're down there harvesting the grapes you spend your whole day doing that well you know the five of you are going as fast as you can but there's a lot of grapes things are good this year so he goes down he gets five more and they come help you out all right now we're really cooking we're busheling up those grapes and going and you're just feeling good about having work to do knowing that at the end of the day he's promised to give you a day's wage not more than that, not less than that, but enough to get you through this day. And then you know it's starting to get later in the day, and there's still a lot of grapes to get. So they go down, they grab five more guys down at Home Depot, and they all come and they're pulling grapes like crazy. Then an hour before closing time, they go get five more guys. They bring them in. They we all gather up the very last bit and everyone lines up at the table to get their wages and beginning with the guys who got there just an hour ago he gives them a whole day's wage wow maybe i'll get more (laughs) but then the guys who came midday they get a whole day's wage too nothing more nothing less enough to survive that day when it gets to you you get a whole day's wage then so did that guy so did that guy wait a minute that's not very fair i did six times as much work as this chump where's my where's my wages i, I should get more really okay why do you feel that way that, are you upset that I'm so generous? Are you upset that I've given you what you need to live on for the day and I've also given this guy what he and his family needs for the day? you want me to pull back some of that so that he doesn't have enough to live on for the day? Are you so jealous that I'm generous with my money? This is the story we hear today. What happens... Between the morning and the gratitude and the gratefulness and the, oh my gosh, thank God he picked me. What happened between that and then the afternoon when all of a sudden we turn into a capitalist (laughs) and a consumer? Where's mine? If he gets that much, I should get more or he should get less. That's the way the world works. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. Amen? Thank God. That is not the way the kingdom of God works. Somewhere between the morning and the evening, a sense of entitlement and insistence comes in. To this individual in this story. And the crux of this story is really in this verse Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you so jealous that I am so generous? There is a vast difference between looking at life in terms of fairness and looking at life through the lens of generosity, and I dare say even the lens of God's grace. Paul Tillich, said when he's a he's a hoity-toity theologian uh, that uh says a lot about god uh paul Tillich said he was launched on his philosophic and religious journey when someone said to him why something and not nothing right in other words why did creation ever get called out of nothing into being by god and if you go back to genesis it's clear that That the story that is conveyed to us in Genesis is that beginningless beginning, when God was there before the beginning, back before there was anything except God, this mystery that is life and has life and the one that God must have said within God's self, this wonder, I'm quoting Tillich now, this wonder of aliveness that I am, it is simply too good to keep to myself. I want others to know the ecstasy of being and of having and of doing. And so God began to create not to get something for God's self, but to give something out of God's self. Amen? In other words, the bottomless generosity, bottomless generosity, unconditional generosity, extravagant, over-the-top, ridiculous generosity is the source out of which all creation comes. And because of generosity is why creation was made. You and I are the direct beneficiaries of that bottomless generosity. There but by the grace of God go I or you or any of us. And if we stay in touch with that primal grace that marks the beginning of all of our lives, then the truth is we have reason to be grateful no matter what our particular circumstances. We no longer think in terms of of fairness because quite frankly life is not fair if we start if we start gauging it that way it's not going to work out very well because someone is always going to have more than us and it's all and oftentimes it's going to be unjustified completely and sometimes people have less than us and it's also unjustified and life is not fair except when it's rooted in grace Rather, we have, and when we are in grace, rather we have a reason to believe, or beg your pardon, when we are focused on the fairness of life, we have reason to believe that we are entitled to something more than what God has blessed us with already. But when we are rooted in grace, we have reason to believe that the sheer wonder of aliveness is an unending source of joy and gratitude. But when life becomes a comparison and when we begin to think that we are not so much the beneficiaries of grace, but the ones who are truly deserving, then we begin to think in terms of what is fair and what is not. And this, my friends, it's a, it's a formula for misery. Whenever I start comparing myself to someone else, it is miserable. Can I talk about Darren Hogan? Have I talked about Darren Hogan before? Darren Hogan was one of my best friend frenemies in high school, and <laughs> I love the man. I love the man, but he was always just a little bit better at stuff. He was always a little bit better looking. He always drew drove a nicer car, and always had a you know he, he was. And he we used to do singing competitions together, and he was always half a point better than me every time and it didn't matter that I did really well I'd look over at him and I go Darren beat me again and I was disgusted it's a formula for misery instead of rejoicing in how well I was doing and that I made it through without throwing up uh I would I would be in misery utter misery because I once again I didn't beat Darren Hogan he beat me uh do what those favored few were, who were hired first in the morning chose to do with their lives, and you will be miserable. If they had been able to stay in touch with the grace that had surrounded that event at 6 o'clock in the morning, if they had remembered and realized that before they woke up, they could not have made work happen, but it had been given to them. And I hope you recognize that work here is a metaphor, right? I mean, we're talking about more than laboring because I don't want to get hung up on the on labor practices in the United States I'm not going there but (laughs) work is the metaphor here And, and and when they woke up they could not make work happen it was only given to them it was it was a generous gift that came to them and if they had stayed in touch with that they would have they would have had reason to rejoice all day long And the problem was that they shifted their focus from the grace and began to compare themselves to everyone else. They looked at what others had gotten instead of what they had received, and when they began to compare, lo, the sidelong glance of envy turned the joy of the morning into curdled resentment at the end of the day. It's so easy for all of us to fall into this same trap. If you want to look at your aliveness in terms of the particularities of what you have, or how you look, or your financial resources, your intellectual capacities, or whatever other kind of ruler you would like to use to measure yourself against someone else, and then compare yourself with those next to you You will always find people who have more than you do and therefore you have reason to be indignant. They are undeserving and yet they are getting better than I am. Life is not fair. You can also feel pretty smug because you can always find those who are less than you. And I think this is often our... uh, You know, this is the... This is the sin that I think is really uh, a problem, is uh, this idea that we can really feel good about ourselves. We can really feel justified by ourselves. If we compare ourselves to others, and there's always going to be somebody that seems like they're not quite as good as we are, and we can feel pretty good about that, right? (laughs) Look at this schmuck. He doesn't know what he's doing, or man, what a mess he is. Or look look at his sin. Man, if I can just if I can just recognize that God hates him and loves me, boy, I can feel pretty good about that. This is what we've experienced a lot of that in our world. God help us Christians when we always do that. When we say, "Oh, look at his sin," boy, I'm glad I'm not like that. Thank God I'm like uh, you know I'm one of Jesus' favorites, and it's too bad this guy's going to hell. You know, but we can feel pretty good about ourselves when we can find someone who's so bad off they're going to hell. And uh, we, can, we can feel pretty smug. That's the problem. This is the trap we find ourselves in. We find ourselves feeling miserable because we're not a, we don't have as much or we don't look as good or we don't excel at much, as much as the guy next to us. And so we have to find someone who's worse off so that we can feel good about ourselves. That is not the kingdom of God Jesus died for. Amen. That is not the world God intends us to live in. If you can see your life as a gift of God's grace and hang on to that sense of extravagant generosity of God's grace you will find yourself content with yourself and generous toward others. Life will not be about fairness. It will be about grace. About embracing it. About sharing it. About expanding it. About enjoying it. Having fun with it. It will be about generosity. Experiencing it. Practicing it. Receiving it. And the benefits of it. I'm reminded of a story I loved as a child, when I was a when I was a little kid, there's a story about a fisherman. Humble guy. He really wasn't much of a fisherman. <laughs> he, but he enjoyed it. I mean, it put food on the table. But uh, he enjoyed being out by the water and hanging out. And you know, when they're mending their nets, they sit around and tell you know crazy stories and make off-color jokes and all that kind of stuff and enjoy one another's company. It's a good life. Goes home to his wife, and they have a humble little house, and, you know, they they do all right. He's out fishing one day, and he throws out his net, and he pulls up this, man, this incredible looking fish. It's all sparkly, and and the fish says, hey there, how you doing? And the guy freaks out, wait a minute, this fish is talking. Hi. (laughs) How are you? And he goes, look, I'm a magical fish, bub. If you let me go and just let me go about my business, I'll grant you a wish. Anything you want. The guy says, "Oh no, it's clear you're an extraordinary fish. You know, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll catch another fish, maybe." <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. Have a good day. And so the fish is, waves his fin and says, "Okay, we'll see you around," and takes off. Guy decides to call it a day. Goes home. <laughs> And to, you know, sees his wife there and says, wife, listen, you wouldn't believe what happened. I caught this fish. Tells her this whole story about how this fish wanted to give him a, a wish. And she goes, well, what did you wish for? He says, I didn't wish for anything. I, I let him go. He was a remarkable fish. You know, I don't.' She goes, well, geez, you idiot. Why didn't you ask for something? It's not like we live in luxury here. We could use something. Look at, even my wash basin, you know, just has holes in it. Every time I do the wash, water just falls all over, you know, gets all over the house. It's a big mess. You could have at least got me a, a decent wash basin or something. Why, and he goes, well, okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't really thinking, like men do, right? We do this, oh, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just fishing. I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking clearly. And uh, she goes, "Go back and see if he'll give us a wash basin." So he goes back and he hollers out to the fish, "Magic fish, it's me again." Fish pops up, says, "Hey, how you doing?" He goes, "You know, uh, I wasn't thinking earlier, and my it's not for me really, but my wife would dearly love uh, a new a new wash basin." Fish goes okay, done, not a problem, takes off, so the guy goes whistling back, and sure enough, his wife is there, got a brand new wash basin, it's beautiful, it holds all the water, it's double capacity, right, you can do twice as much laundry, and uh, she's sitting there scrubbing away, and he goes, hey, babe, look at, the, look at that, huh, pretty good magic fish, He's, that's impressive, he goes, oh yeah, great, a wash basin, that's wonderful. I get to do more laundry. This is, this is, are you, are you crazy? This is, this isn't, you got a hold of a magic fish and this is what we come up with is a wash basin. Go back and tell, look at our house. It's a, it's a disaster. Go back and tell him we need a new house. So he goes back and he goes to the fish. Hey, hey fish, you know, it's not for me. It's not me. My wife would dearly love a new house. Ours leaks all over the place and I'm. I keep telling her I'll get around to it, but you know uh, I haven't yet, so she's upset. Would you? You know and he's like, fine. Have a new house. Done. Go back home. You'll find it. Sure enough, new house. She says, wait a minute. Why did look at? I mean, it's a great. You know, it's new and all, but it's so tiny. We could use some more room. How about something a little more elegant? Have you no imagination? Go back and talk to that fish. So he goes back and talks to the fish again. Sure enough, he comes home. There's a big castle there, a mansion beautiful and he, he after he wipes his feet and the servant won't you know makes him take off his shoes and he goes he goes into the parlor where his wife is he has to put on a jacket and a tie and <laughs> goes in and has an audience with his wife he says, right, how about now how's this looking this is pretty good huh And he, she goes you know what i want i want power i want to be a queen go back and tell that fish i want to be a queen so he goes back not for me. It's for my wife. She, she would like to be queen. Okay. <laughs> so he goes back, and she's queen, and she's drunk with power, and she won't even like that. She won't even let the guy in the house, right? He he lives in the barn, and she's drunk with power. She says, "Go grab that fish and bring him back. I'm gonna hang on him and, and tell him to make me the the master of the whole universe." And he goes back, and he goes to the fish. He goes, you know, magic fish. You know he's bent. Oh, he's he's worn out. He's kind of bent over this way, and he's like magic fish. And he goes, "Let me guess. Your wife wants something else." He goes, "You wouldn't believe, but she's she's drunk with power." He goes, "Look, you know what? You have not asked for anything. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm going to grant you something. So we're gonna end this now. You just go home. I'll take care of everything." Guys, is okay. Guy's kind of, he doesn't know what to expect. <laughs> so he goes home. He comes up over the hill and this is his old beat up shack. Leaky roof. Wife is out hauling the leaky old bucket wash basin, dripping water everywhere. Comes walking up. Got a smile on her face. Says, Oh, Honey, I'm so glad you're home. Great to have you home. Gave her a hug and a little kiss. I won't get into the rest. (laughs) Not appropriate. What a difference. What a gift it is to recognize the grace of God. What a burden It is to feel like you have to have more and be more and do more. What a burden it is to be so blessed that you're overwhelmed. and To be so blessed that you've got to get more and be better than that guy and be on top and be first. What a burden that is. What a hassle. And when you're a multi-millionaire and running the world and you still sit there in your beautiful house and say life isn't fair. Because that never works. But when you can revel and dwell and live in the grace of God, that is enough. That is enough for this day and the next day and the next day that is sufficient. It's not more than enough, it is enough. And when you recognize that, what God, that God is not going to shortchange anybody, that God wants enough for everybody, you can recognize that that is the overwhelming, amazing, loving, gratuitous, gross, ridiculous grace of God That the undeserving us and the undeserving you and the undeserving me deserve enough and are worthy of that kind of love and can receive it and be grateful for God's generosity and recognize that this is what God wants. Then our life is going to be more than fair. It's going to be full of grace. Grace to have, grace to give, grace to live into. Let us pray. God of grace, God of glory, God of generosity, God of extravagant overwhelming over-the-top love help us to live in a sense of gratitude in a sense of generosity in a sense of grace that we might know you deeply that we might not count the cost or look to our neighbors and compare ourselves but may we have eyes that see the kingdom of God as a place where abundance is found in being grateful for enough. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.